This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Congress brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. And Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason Mann. With me as always is Rich Kreich, and we are going to talk about the top 50 case for Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups. He is uh, 43rd all-time in win shares, 46th in win shares for 48, 83rd in box score plus minus, 56th in value over replacement player. Uh, he has uh, one all-NBA uh, second team, two times on the third team, two times on the all-defensive second team. He has six seasons in the top 10 in win shares for 48, one in the top 10 in value over replacement player. He is the 2004 Finals MVP. He is sixth all-time in free throw percentage and seventh all-time in three-pointers made. He is not in the Bill Simmons Book of Basketball pyramid of 96 players, but he is 124th in the uh, Slam uh, 500. And, um, you know, he has a reputation for being a great clutch player. He led his teams to the conference finals for seven seasons in a row. Despite having a slow start to his career, he did have uh, he played well into his mid to late 30s. Um, I think I think more of Chauncey Billups' top 50 case than um, than you do. But I do think when you kind of compare him to some of some of the other um, contemporaries of his career, I actually do think that 
I think there's a case. It's an uphill battle, maybe. But yeah, I do think there's a case. No, I'm I'm starting to kind of I'm starting to see the light a little here. I, I doing a little bit more research of him, like really looking at him, looking at his peers, looking at all time you know ranks as, in terms of a guard and and especially as, as a point guard. He's you know he makes a damn good case. Like it's it's you. I, I think initially like if I said yeah, hey, Strauncey Bill is one of the top fifty players of all time, I think a lot of people would probably say no, or they'd have to kind of think about it and go no, nah, I don't know necessarily. But you know, fifty is you know a very small amount of all time players in the NBA, and I don't know if Chauncey is is right away there. But I mean, you really look at it, you look at, it, at what he was able to do and how productive he was, and, and look at how you know that he was able to do that in. You know, basically having the first, you know, part of his career, not the first half, but, you know, the first maybe quarter of his career or, or, or a third of his career, just kind of being an absolute nothing and then just exploding in that last part to get to where he got to is it, it's there's a fun in that as well. But, yeah, as, as I'm kind of growing a little bit more and looking at this and, and looking at him and, and researching and going through this process, he's a guy that I don't know. I could I think I could start seeing, your, you know, the light or, or see that you can make it a, a reasonable case for him. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think if if he had just been able to kind of hold on, like he he got hurt um, at um, at age thirty five, or it was either with when he was with the Knicks at age thirty four, or when he went with the Clippers. I forget. I maybe it was twice that he got hurt, but basically, I thought it was both years, if I remember correctly. I, I could be wrong though, but I thought there was like something he came back and then he got hurt again, and it was like ah crap, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> he was he was part of the Carmelo Anthony trade to the Knicks and. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if he'd been able to stay in Denver and have a couple more years there, because he was kind of in that trade for salary purposes. He didn't really want to leave, and they didn't really want to trade him, but they were kind of forced to based on uh, the merits of that trade. And then you know he went to the Clippers and got hurt, and then tried to come back. But he was like 34, 35 at that point. If he had just been able to have like three more seasons of being of like similar production to what he had. I think he had the skills where he would have aged fine. I mean, he was a good size for point guard. He, you know, he could shoot pretty well. I think if he'd just been able to kind of hold on, I, I would say that he has a, a very good case. I, I still think he, there is a case, but it is, um, you know, uh, it's, there are so many great point guards as we talked about. We, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, obviously, uh, Jason Kidd, uh, Steve Nash, um, Gary Payton, you know, he's um, he's probably behind those guys. I think he's kind of in the in the Kevin Johnson um, category of, you know, being, you know, he's, he's around that area in terms of the tier. Sure. Uh, if, real quickly here, here's how he compares, you know, error in position and, and position all time. And now, mind you, this is just guards in general. This isn't just strictly point guards. So I think this actually does, you know is another notch in his, his resume is that this is guards all time. And you'll see how high he ranks here. Uh, Aaron position. He's fifth in win shares, uh, 19th in win shares per 48 and then fifth in value of replacement players. So I think that's, that's yeah. really, really good. Numbers you, in terms uh, of Rich, you said 19th, but you've written here ninth in winter 48. Uh, did I for Chauncey Billups? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading the right. Wow. Unbelievable. I read, uh, <laughs> Paul Pierce is fifth. 19th and 5th. Ah, there you so go. I was actually in the wrong line. So sorry. We are uh, in our Google. Uh, you're all correct. He is 9th in win shares per 48. Wow, they're both. Fifth. Okay. Sorry about that. Yes. 5th in win shares, 9th in win shares per 48, and then 11th in value over placement player. There we go. There's the right right list there. Okay. Uh, and then uh, position all time. So this is guards all time. 14th in win shares, 16th in win shares per 48, and then 19th in value over placement players. So when I looked at that, that was really like an eye opening thing of like, that's not just point guards, that's guards, yeah. <laughs> you know, all time. If you slim that down to point guards, you're looking at arguably, you know, advanced stats wise in terms of these advanced stats that we're looking at, a guy who's probably in the top five of all time point guards in terms of these things. And that's that's insane. Like I don't think of Chauncey Billups as that, but 
you know, maybe I'm I'm wrong. I mean, no, I'm, I'm maybe I need to start doing that because he's maybe has a case there. I mean, he he was a really his peak is is really 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 awesome, and it, it it's such a shame that the end, as you said, there was like you know three years where he was just kind of middling there, and then like whatever the three or four years at the beginning of his career that were really nothing. You really wondered that hey, if this guy was able to you know maybe it took him a year or two, and and we've mentioned on this podcast before, it takes point guards a while to sort of get going. So I'll excuse that, but like you said, I think maybe the bigger thing is perhaps. That his fall was just kind of like he went from being the guy to you know the Chauncey Bills we know to just a shell of his former self and he's out of the league you know you know in three years he went from being a productive part of a really good team to just kind of being a nothing and and that's that hurts a lot I think but I, I he's got a case he he absolutely does yeah and I would I would wager that you know in terms of greatest defensive point guards of all time you know he he's. You know, there there's Kidd and Peyton and um and Clyde Frazier, and I think he would probably be like at the next like level. You know, I mean, he would be kind of third or fourth within that tier of guys. You know, having to without having done a lot of video study, it just kind of going by a reputation or you know what I have seen or what I know. That would kind and, of and be... given the rules as well, I think that's an important thing too. Is that you look at a guy in, in the post handcheck era yeah. NBA that was able to be as good of a defender. I mean, it's it's you know it's one thing for Gary Payton to just basically front a guy about you know as they pass the. the the half court line. I mean, Bill wasn't able to do that and was still able to just be an elite point guard against, you know, he's not really a physically imposing guy either against, you know, a new crop of, of NBA players that are, are, are more physical, more, you know, bigger, stronger, taller. I mean, the era of point guards now it's, it's, you know, athletically and, and, and physically are just so much of, of, of a bigger mess than, than guys had to deal with early, you know, in, in prior years. And Bill was able to still, as you mentioned, be one of those top, you know, three or four, five all-time defensive point guards. And I, I don't think that's crazy to say that. And yeah, that that's, there's, that's, a, he's got a great case. I mean, he really, really does. I, I, I people might co- kind of laugh at it and scoff at it, but when you really look at it, yeah, he's, he's there. I mean, yeah, I, I would say the only thing that kind of hurts him a bit is the, um, the field goal percentage is pretty low. Um, yeah. For a guy with a good reputation as a shooter, I mean, um, you know, if you just kind of had bumped that, if you've been able to bump that up maybe um, a little bit, that would that would help. I, I was trying to look and see if I could look at the years that exclude like the early part of his career to see if there's anything that's um, significantly uh, significantly different there. If that is, um, you know, if that because it looks like the, you know the the numbers are, eh, I guess they're, they're not that far off of his um, career. Uh, Lines that I look at, he had a couple years where he's kind of in the mid um, 40s, but for the most part, for his, um, you know, the the field goal percentage was not strong. He was a good three point shooter. He was a good free throw shooter, excellently. Um, I guess Great just, shooter, um, yeah. um, for whatever reason, the two point percentage wasn't quite as strong. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think we've we've hashed that pretty well. I mean, I, I think he's. Um, He's definitely a contender, but with just so many great point guards, it's going to be tough. But I, you know, he'll he'll definitely be. He's on our. He's definitely on our possible list. So yeah, I think it'd be crazy not to have him on there. So I'm with you. All right, cool. Well, um, everyone, uh, thanks for uh, checking us out and checking out all of our uh, top 50 episodes. We uh, enjoy doing it, and we appreciate people who have been uh, keeping up with us and giving us feedback and. We continue to do so if you would like. We're on uh, Twitter and Facebook at Over and Back NBA. Uh, we are HarvardParoxysm.com where all our podcasts are posted. You can leave comments in the uh, in the post there. We also have um, 
over and back nba.com which is our um our forums where you uh can uh, talk about any of these players or anything else that related to basketball history we'd love to have more people contribute to the conversation there even though we've got a, a nice little community uh, started who are people who are uh, contributing we really appreciate that and um you can find us on iTunes. Um, both the Over and Back podcast and the HP Network feed have iTunes feeds. Um, so if you want to uh, subscribe to that and leave a rating or review, we would appreciate that. And uh, we also have a new newsletter, uh, the Over and Back uh, NBA History newsletter. It uh, comes out every week, and it uh, talks about uh, things that are going on in NBA history, links to articles and podcasts and all that good stuff. So uh, our stuff and uh, what other people are doing as well. So um, appreciate a subscription if you're into that. So. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, goodbye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.